Good afternoon. Today we have something a little di- different for you today. Today I'm interviewing my father, Lee Fecto, and um, I found this idea on Pinterest called Interview Someone You Love About Life. Questions from Brendan Burchard. Hope I pronounced that right. Uh, Dad, good afternoon. <laughs> Hi, how are you? <laughs> good, how are you? Good. <laughs> so the first question we have is, um, what comes to mind when you think about growing up in Huntsville, Alabama? How many minutes do you have to listen to this? <laughs> uh, quite a bit of time. I usually make these about 30 minutes long or so. <laughs> well, let's see. Growing up in Alabama, it's kind of an interesting experience. Very interesting experience. It was a good childhood, honestly. It was, it was a different way of life then. You know, all the kids were, we knew each other on the neighborhood, in the neighborhood. My parents bought a pool in 1970-71, learned how to swim, and we were like the center of attention in the neighborhood. All the kids wanted to come to our house to go swimming. <laughs> and I remember having loads of fun all summer long. We had very long summers in the south, <laughs> basically from May till close to October. So and would you say that you were popular growing up? No, I was definitely not popular. I mean, other than the fact that we had a swimming pool. and I had a lot of friends growing up, but I, I made friends with misfits. I had one friend who was a black man. Wow. Yeah, I didn't even slow down. Yeah. Uh, where was I? Oh. You said you made friends One of my best friends was a... Uh, um, black boy he was in a very poor neighborhood mm-hmm. his name was Bob and uh, we were really good friends actually and I later found out he was working in a Sam's Club he was manager of the store he had really made made good, oh, good for you him. know he uh, his life had really improved Um, just to provide some context here, we're walking outside, so if we get interrupted by any sounds from nature or from the people walking next to us, that's why. Um, second question, what did you love to do as a kid before high school? Well, like I said before, I swam a lot, and I like to uh, I learned how to play the piano. And it was not something my... True like to play Scott Joplin. I played John Denver. John Denver was when I picked one of my favorite artists. Still is. Didn't you play the guitar too? Or? I did play the guitar. I played the guitar at age 10 or 11. Hmm. I was never very good at it because my hands were too small. <laughs> like trying to play chords was tough because my hands were small and it was hard to do. Right. Even now it's hard to play the guitar Yeah. with chords and all. Did you do anything artistic? Like, did you paint or draw or anything like that? Did I paint or draw? Oh, I remember in school we did these, um, we used to enlarge comic strips. Hmm. Did I ever show you that? No. <laughs> or you would draw a grid on top of a, um, a comic strip in a newspaper. You guys don't even know what a newspaper is anymore. But... Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> and we would do, like... You probably don't remember Beetle Bailey. That was a, um, one of the comic strips, kind of a funny one where 
where a guy is like a buck private in the army and he like jokes around with his sergeant and all this stuff. So we would do, we put a grid pattern on the comic strip and then you'd have a big poster board, you'd enlarge it and color it in. That was a lot of fun. I did that in like sixth, seventh grade. Yeah, because I know we have a lot of artistic abilities in the family. Yeah, I wouldn't call my thing as much artistic ability as just, you know, following instructions. <laughs> yeah. Do you always enjoy that? Like, following instructions yeah. and going by the book instead of um, freelancing and stuff like that? Yeah, generally I'm more of a follow-by-the-book kind of person. Yeah. really am. I'd say Follow a pattern. Too. Yeah, yeah. I do like the creativity of computer programming, but I didn't do that till I was in college. Okay, um, third question. What did you love to do in high school? Well, I had a paper route. That was probably one of the first things I can remember. And you talk about in school itself or during that time period? During that time period, like when you were a teenager, before college, basically. I, we did a paper route. I enjoyed that. I liked the independence of it. It's like, uh, we used to. I volunteered at a hospital, that's true. I didn't really love that. It was just kind of an obligation. What else did we do? What are we doing? We're running for a bee. Oh yeah, look at him, he's buzzing. He loves us. Look at these guys. Watch out for these peeps. Might have to pause for a little bit here. Yeah. Sorry for that brief interval. We had a couple of bikers cut in front of us, so that was fun. Um, we were discussing what Dad le loved to do in high school. Um, you had a paper route. You volunteered in the piano. hospital. That was probably the big thing in high school. I learned piano. And uh, it wasn't something my parents forced me to do. I volunteered to do it. I started when I was 16, I believe, 15 or 16. And I paid for my own lessons, too. So I went to a piano teacher at our church, Diane Norton. So you paid for the piano lessons from your paper route? Yeah, I had money hmm. from stuff like that. We mowed lawns too, I used to mow lawns. Mm -hmm. Did you babysit? Yeah, babysat too about that time. So you made money from that? I had money from various sources. That's interesting. Yeah. So then I loved I loved Scott Joplin. I played a lot of his stuff. And what about socially? Did you like to um, hang out with friends or um, go on yeah, and yeah, like we that? had friends. I didn't really date. Um, I had a few crushes here and there, but <laughs> my parents were pretty strict about that. They they didn't want us dating before we were sixteen. Blah blah blah. But then there really wasn't that much. Well, seemed old to us. Yeah. 16 is a little old. And then even after that, you know, there's a lot of Protestants there. There's not many Catholics, so I wasn't really that interested in people that were pagans or Protestants. Hmm. Okay. Um, let me see. What do you remember most about your teenage years overall? Like, any experiences that stick out in your mind, good or bad? I remember my brothers went out on a 4th of July and against my parents' direct directives to do otherwise. And 
they went out and played with fireworks. And I remember when they got home, they got whipped. Oh, boy. My father whipped them. But did, you didn't get in trouble. No, I wasn't even there. <laughs> oh, another one. I don't know if I was still in high school then, but my parents went away for a weekend. I don't remember why. Huh. And we were alone. It was very dumb. It might have been a marriage encounter. So were you in charge then, since you were the oldest? Kind of, but I'm kidding. <laughs> I was never really in charge of my brother, who was bigger than me and basically my age. He's only 14 months younger. Right. And, uh, yeah, we had a major party. <laughs> oh, you had a party while you were there? They had a party, and uh, I was just there. You it was very that. awkward. Like all their soccer friends were there, blah blah blah. That's the other thing I did in high school. I played soccer. I wasn't that good at it. Okay. So high school was a strange time. Yeah, high school has always been a strange time. I feel like looking you know, back at my high school, school years. School in the first year. Okay. And then I went to public school, and I felt like I was being thrown to the lions. Public school was much yeah. worse than private school. In terms of social adjustment, yes. No, no yeah. I don't know. The private school was hard, too. Well, I thought you had, like, some really hard uh, school course. Remember? In freshman year, yes. Private school, that was tough. That was a tough year. Hmm. But then high school, academically, in the thir- last three years were easy. It was pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Except for advanced calculus and stuff. That was hard, but... Yeah. Um, any good experiences that stick out in high school? Yeah, I remember being in... Uh, like advanced English and stuff, and we would act out plays. That was a lot of fun. I can see why you like acting in plays. There's a lot of very aggressive people here today. Yeah. <laughs> it's very strange. Well, they weren't bad, but... Um, yeah. They're very okay. aggressive. Yeah, they just got right in front of you. Um, okay. What do you remember most about your mom? My grandma, obviously. From then or just in general? From then or in general. Whichever you prefer. What what sticks out most? What do you remember most about your mom? If someone were to ask you to describe her. Very good about... My mother at first was not religious. She had a conversion experience. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were always, quote, Catholic. But my mother dropped out of the faith. I'll never forget that. And I don't remember how long it was, but a couple years, I'd say. Mm-hmm. My dad always stayed in the church. He never left. It must have been hard on you as a kid. Like, Very hard. with parents who had split beliefs for a while? Yeah. Well, she just had no belief. She was just mad. She was mad. Yeah. I don't know, because I was just a kid. It was hard for me to tell what was going on. Probably somewhere between 8 and 12. Wow. And I don't remember how long it was being a kid. I thought, wow, big deal. So she doesn't want to go to church, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I remember going to Mr. Donut with my dad every Sunday. That was a period of years. Mm-hmm. Mr. Donut was our, our favorite hangout. It was like Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, I'd always get like a home-cut donut. With the hot chocolate, I always loved that. Wow. You dipped the thing in the hot chocolate, it was really tasty. It was pretty good. Wow. It was really tasty. Just a plain donut, and then you dip it in the hot chocolate, or? 
It says face coverings required. Did you see that? Yeah, I did see that. Maybe we can turn around. Yeah, let's turn. Yeah, that's still really good. Okay. My mother was very generous in a lot of ways. She decided she wanted to adopt a Vietnamese family. I've told you guys this story. That was during the fall of Saigon in 75. And uh, so we ended up adopting a family of five. And they, it ended up that they had like six more kids in various parts of the world. And it turns out that somehow my mother arranged having the, like part of their family next door too. So like people next door, like two sisters and their kids. And then we had five that lived in our family room for a year so my mother in her typical gypsy fashion like put a blanket on the door to separate you know you know how she is oh yeah i know how she is she was less she's more of a gypsy now than then but yeah yeah moonbeam would have been a perfect name if she had, wasn't catholic i have a feeling we would have had weird names like that we would have been like ae15 or whatever <laughs> But she was very generous, and she'd kind of comply, you know, make my father comply yeah. with her own, you know, desire to do stuff, so. Yeah. <laughs> trying to think of what else. And she was always very good about watching us in the swimming pool and all that. She taught me how to swim. Yeah. Um, on terms of affection, though, was she a very affectionate or loving mother, or um, is that not really her style? was affectionate in her own way she didn't really show by touch as much yeah she was always really kind most of the time kind to me mm -hmm. well you've heard about the hairbrush thing right yeah yeah <laughs> she was pretty strict with certain i mean if you crossed her boy look out <laughs> she was usually the discipline yeah, or that time you had to have cornflakes for breakfast or... wait what right. story was this Oh, I hated cabbage rolls, and she made cabbage rolls probably <laughs> twice a month at least, probably more. Oh, Every time I saw them, I complained. <laughs> so there was one day she just said, okay, you're going to have cornflakes for a week, and that's what I had after that. It was a week. Oh. It wasn't a day. Like for every meal? No, at dinner. Okay. Oh, okay. You know, we would usually just have... Our lunches were like sandwiches and Fritos and yeah. cookies yeah. or what was the other thing we used to have? Vienna sausages. Have you ever had that? Uh -uh. Mm -mm. It's basically they're they're really yuck, but they're <laughs> they're like little mini hot dogs. Oh, did they come in the cans? In the cans, and there was like six of them, I think. Huh. My brother liked them, but he put like barbecue sauce on them or something. Ew. They're nasty. <clears throat> okay um what was most important to your mother do you think my mother like was it was it keeping a clean disciplined household no <laughs> was it um well like her faith her, wasn't really the most important to her growing up like she i think faith was important to her she just went through this phase where she was mad this. at the church yeah. She was mad at the church for a while. But then my dad had a major conversion, and I think she kind of went along with it. It was during the charismatic renewal. that was like 78, 79. Right. 
I mean, we know the pro-life movement was very important to her. It kind of tied in with the whole charismatic renewal. Because mm-hmm. they were pro-life, but not like they are now. Like, it's like their whole lives. Right. You know, pro-life is so integral to them now. Yeah. And eating, you know, I don't know if I would call their eating healthy per se. I would say it's healthier than the average American, but uh, but they're really into the their botanist or whatever it is. Not botanist, but what do they call their doctor? I forget now. Plant doctor. Homeopathic? <laughs> Homeopathic, yeah. yeah. Well, they're really into that now, but were they into that when you were no, kids as much? Really. Mm-mm. My dad. <laughs> they were never unhealthy. I would, they weren't like the typical, like, drink soda at every meal kind of people, but they were, we'd have a dessert at every meal, and we'd use a lot of canned goods. We'd use, you know, Campbell's soup was a staple. <laughs> Back when I could Quick eat it. Quick and easy. <laughs> and my mother would add mushroom soup to a lot of stuff and, you know, stuff like that. Just oh, typical yeah. American style. Yeah. <laughs> typical sad diet. I no wonder you have gut problems now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it sounds it sounds like a very salty diet, mostly. It was salty. It was full of MSG. Uh, it was a pretty typical American diet. I wouldn't say we, it was any different than anybody else at the time. Mm-hmm. Used to have Chef Boyardee stuff, <laughs> which basically pizza in a can. Have you ever had that? It's pretty nasty. No. But no. kids don't know any different. Yeah. So it didn't really make a difference to you, like how you ate necessarily. No, if it tasted good, we ate it. <laughs> used to eat Velveeta. You ever have Velveeta? It's pretty nasty. No, I've seen it. I've seen Velveeta. Still okay? Still okay, because it's probably one of the more healthy desserts we had. <laughs> Wait, what? <Wow. laughs> what is pillow cake again? It's like ground up crust with che- cream cheese. Is it instant pudding or cooked? It might be cooked pudding and whipped cream. Huh. Like bread dessert. crust? Ground up bread it crust? It could have been bread crust. It can be a nut based crust too. Huh. How, how, how is it like a pillow? <laughs> it's real soft. Oh, to the touch. Okay. Huh. My brother loved uh, pineapple square, as you call it. Wow. God bless you. A lot of pollen out here. Yeah. Yeah, my brother really liked pineapple square. Okay, continuing the interview, um, our next question is What do you remember most about your dad? My dad? Hmm. I remember my dad was pretty low-key. He's kind of a low-key kind of guy. Um, he pretty much went along with what my mother wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And he's he's kind of... He's actually... He's an intellectual, I would say. I mean, he's a, got a master's degree in physics. And he helped me a lot in school. Helped me through my math work and physics and science and stuff. Chemistry, too, as I recall. Mm-hmm. He was kind of a, hmm, how do I say? He was kind of a Frenchman in a way because I remember, you know, we were going on a vacation back when the Vietnamese were still with us. Mm-hmm. And we were going to go on this camper, and the camper broke down before we could leave. Mm. 
So he just decided, I'm just gonna buy a new camper. So he bought a camper then and there. We loaded everything in the camper and went on vacation. Problem solver, that's what he was. He was, but he like kind of threw caution to the wind sometimes. Like I think he had just gotten kind of a minor inheritance from his mother. And he spent some of that money on this camper. I remember it was 13000 which seems like a pittance now for a vehicle. But but that camper turned out to be a total disaster. It was breaking down all the time. We broke down in multiple states. But it looked good, and it ran pretty good at first. <laughs> so it's, it's funny how the price sticks in your mind. How old were you? Uh, you I was in 75 or 76. I think it was 76, so I was... 12. It's funny. 12 it's, years old. it's just um, it's interesting to me how you remember the price. I don't know why I remember the price. It's funny. Did he talk about it a lot? How much? I he think spent he did mention it, but I, I don't know why I remember it. I remember numbers and dates a lot anyway. But. That's funny. Yeah, because like, I, I don't remember any of that. Like I couldn't tell you how much I you spent on your Lexus or anything. Not even in this house, I couldn't tell you. I don't even remember how much I spent on the Lexus. I generally <laughs> have a vague idea. But. Um, what would you say was most important to Grandpa? I think his faith was pretty important. And I think his marriage to mom was important. Mm -hmm. He was a very even keel kind of guy. He didn't almost never lost his temper that I can remember. Occasionally, he would get mad at people at stores or something for kind of lying to him or something. Mm. But he was pretty even keeled. I, I remember him having arguments with my mother on occasion. I remember when we went out west, it happened a couple times. but. Well, my mother usually won all arguments, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Um, because he let her? or Yes, but she was like your mother in that she just would not give in. There was no giving in. There was no compromise, ever. So he was the more compromising one. Yeah, he always was the one that compromised. And that's the way I am, too, because you have to. Mm -hmm. In order to get along with someone that doesn't compromise, you have to compromise. You can't live. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I mean... <laughs> Do you think if he'd stayed firm and with her, do you think she would have eventually compromised at some point? No way. No, no way. I don't think so. Mm. She was very stern, very obstinate about her thinking about stuff. Yeah. Now, it, that doesn't say that she doesn't ever she doesn't ever compromise with him. I think she compromises on things that don't really matter to her that much. Yeah. You know, like work issues, I don't think she really cared much about what he did in his job. As long as the paycheck came in. Right. I don't remember her ever discussing with my dad anything about his work. Huh. Except personalities. Yeah. You know, like her, she knew about his boss, Fred Seeley. And I remember we went to see the Seeleys a couple times. <clears throat> but in terms of what he did, never. I mean, I would talk to him. It would usually fly over my head what he was doing. But Yeah, what was his job? Uh, he worked for the U.S. Army in Huntsville, and my, what he used to tell me is he would measure things that measured, uh, measured like missile systems and stuff like that. So he was like, he called it was a calibration center, which calibrate means to make sure your measurement tools are accurate, basically. Interesting. And he worked a lot with lasers. I never really understood what he was doing with lasers, but. Um, and he let me go to his job a couple times. It was kind of fun back when they didn't have many electronics at all. <laughs> I remember playing with his calculator. Yeah, it was. 
But that it was very informal. Like he would just bring us along on a summer day or whatever. It was cute. It was nice. It wasn't school. It was usually in the summertime. I remember going on a work trip with him to Tullahoma, Tennessee, too. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I remember going to work with him in Boulder, too. Boulder, Colorado. This was after you graduated high school, right? No, no, I was like 12, 13, 14. Oh, okay. Um, when we went out west in the camper, he had a job out there for seven weeks. Mm. And I remember he let us come along a couple times, my brother and me, and on different days. Never your sisters, though, because you and your brother. Uh, my sisters probably did go occasionally, too. Hmm. I don't remember. I have to ask them. I don't know. Um, if Grandma and Grandpa had a message to you and their grandchildren, what do you think it would be? Hmm. I think it would be, like, stay faithful to God and the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. um, remember that we love you kind of stuff. But love sometimes has a little bit of a different meaning with them than to most people. Love means kind of going along with what we say sometimes instead of what it truly is. Instead of caring about you and how it affects you and stuff. Well, they do and they don't. It's kind of strange. Right? Well, it's like my word is the law. Whatever I say will be right. helpful to you, so you have to listen to it. And it's almost like I have an ear to God, and I know what God says, and if you don't do what God says through my interpretation, then you, you're going to be damned. I mean, it's kind of like that, honestly. Yeah. They, I mean, they don't, they like, don't come they out don't, and say it that way, but it comes out, you know, it, it's implied strongly. Yeah, they don't ever consider your viewpoint might be right if it differs from theirs, no. If, if, you, <laughs> if you if you have a similar opinion to theirs, they'll pretty much go along with it. Mm -hmm. Like um, if I said conventional medicine is good, I'm sure we'd have direct dis, you know direct dis, um, not dis a direct disagreement yeah. about that, and I don't think I could ever get them to come around. Not that I believe that, but if I took a a devil's advocate opinion about anything, I don't think the devil would ever win in terms of that, you know, the advocate side. Yeah, yeah. So they're That's they're very um, decided in their beliefs. They're very set. Very much so, themselves. very much so. Which is admirable in a way. Like, they have their own way of living. They have their own morals, and nothing will ever sway them. Definitely, definitely. So you think... I mean, I don't know if even Jesus himself came back and said, I don't like what you're doing here. <laughs> I don't know if they would change... They but probably on the, on the would, right but side, they are correct in their beliefs. They do have some good beliefs, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. God and I mean, if you listen to excellent. them, their their moral code is pretty much what the church says. Yeah. But the problem it gets very letter of the law kind of, you know, it gets kind of. Fortunately, the Catholic faith can be twisted a little bit too to make it more strict yeah, than it actually yeah, definitely. is. Definitely. More domineering than it actually is. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I mean, at this point, I think they would think the Novus Ordo Mass is... I don't think they would say it's heretical, but they're close to that point. <laughs> yeah. No. Like, they just won't go. Yeah. Uh, moving away from Grandma and Grandpa, next question is, how did you meet Mom? How did you know she was the one? Uh, we went met through mutual friends. We've talked about this before. Mm -hmm. My friend was Aurora. Her friend was uh, Peggy. Wait, what was the name of your friend? Peggy. 
my friend was Aurora. Aurora? Oh, that's cool. She's a Hispanic woman from Mexico. So, she was a trip in herself, in, in itself, but... <laughs> um, so did you guys, you guys met at church, or you just met through friends? Because I've heard from mom that you guys met at church, and you just started We did, but it was through there. friends. So I wouldn't that... have known of her existence without the friendship, oh. just doing it first. So you had heard your friends talk about her, and then you saw her in church. And you oh, they like, oh, said, we know her. about this young lady that we think you'd like to meet, was basically the premise of it. Okay. And then she was like third order Franciscan with the Mother Angelica group. And then oh. they knew, yeah. And they knew that uh, I like to go to EWTN and all. <coughs> you know, they knew that I like to go to EWTN and that I like those kind of people. And uh, so then we arranged to meet on a Sunday when they were there. Oh, okay. So you arranged to meet and it wasn't like you just bumped in. No, no, no. It was all arranged. Oh, okay. All right. So both set of friends went with me because they both lived in Huntsville. Okay. Think, yeah, they were there. All of them were there. It was a little bit awkward. Yeah, it does seem a little set up. I thought it was more natural. It was that. very set up. <laughs> I thought it was, from what I've heard from mom, she bumped into you at church and God said, This is the one. No, no, no. That's not what happened. <laughs> that's the impression <coughs> I've always had. <laughs> I don't think she would tell you the whole thing, but it was definitely the friends first. <coughs> first the friends, and then we met at the, on the Sunday meeting of the Third Order. Okay. was after mass or whatever i think it was in the afternoon hmm. and then she like spilled purple grape juice on herself or something wait what yeah what she had punch or something spilled it all over her sweater so she was like uh... really self-conscious oh <laughs> was, was it a white sweater i think it was actually. oh no she i don't remember so she told me that part i didn't know you didn't remember that i didn't see it Oh, you didn't see it. She okay. covered it up pretty well. Oh, wow. Impressive. She had, like, the Third Order Franciscan pin on, and Mother Angelica was there, and I, I saw her talk and all. It was nice. And hmm. So how did you know that she was the one? It took a while. At first, I, I thought she was cute and all. I thought she was pretty and all that. And she was very shy. She was kind of like this Therese girl that Joseph's talking about. Hmm kind of shy and very religious hi she's very religious i could tell that and then i called her on the phone a couple of times and we we, we we hit it off a lot because we both were suffering from body aches and pains and similar things like chronic fatigue mm-hmm. chronic fatigue was the number one factor for me then and the stomach problems yeah so we, we hit it off there, then religion was, you know, it was definitely a hit-off point. Mm-hmm. We had a similar background, too. Yeah. So that was kind of the way it happened. So your similarities were what prompted you to believe that she was the one? Yeah, and then we both had, like, back problems. We were getting adjusted by the same chiropractor for a while. And... <laughs> Sorry, I'm falling asleep. No, you're fine. That was part of it. We both had this friend named Dr. Greg. It was nice. And... Okay. Um, but really, the real turning point was when I met Barbara. When you met Barbara. So she yeah. was already a friend of mom's. Yeah. And Barbara spoke to you and said, this is the one. No, no, she didn't say that. She 
<clears throat> I just said I need help with prayer and discernment over this. Mm-hmm. And uh, Barbara was praying over me, and then I kind of made a decision that I think I'm going to marry Mom, and she immediately reacted without me telling her about it. Mm-hmm. Joseph said, well, that probably wasn't supernatural. I'm like, well... I mean, she may have sensed that I, you know, maybe my demeanor changed or something, but mm-hmm. she was sure as soon as I thought of it. Mm. So, yeah, there's a lot of detail there. I don't know into, but... So um, I already was kind of attracted to her, and I thought, well, she... No. I thought she was pretty and all, and I thought we had a lot in common. That's when we were both the same age, and I thought, well, this is God's will. Yeah. And then when I was... Oh, and then my mother was opposed to it. Your mother was opposed she to was it. She was opposed to it. And she basically made me promise not to marry her for like a year or something. It was very odd. Huh. She was acting in a very controlling manner. So did you agree so, to that promise? or well, Just to step the clock back a little bit, I had planned to propose to her the previous Sunday prior to meeting Barbara. Okay. This is in June sometime. And I had already bought the ring. Mm-hmm. And my mother somehow found out about it, probably through Aurora or something. Huh. So then she, like, cornered me when I came home one night and said, you're not going to marry her already, blah, blah, blah. blah, blah, blah. Oh, god. Because I hadn't only known her for three months or something, or whatever it was. And wow. And so she was, like, basically wouldn't let me go to bed until I promised not to marry her for a year. Huh. Like, this is just isn't done. This is the way she used to talk to me. Yeah. She's like, you haven't known her long enough. And I said, well, you've got a six-month period yeah, in engagement. True, true. Like, well, you're already committed at that point. Not really, but... No, you you're know. not. You can break the engagement. First of all, I was 29 years old. I wasn't, like, I wasn't 18. You weren't a spring chicken. <laughs> no, I was definitely not a spring chicken. <laughs> and there was nothing. And I, I don't know if my mother had it. You know, thought well. You know, her mother's mentally ill. It may have been something like that too. Your but mother, I don't think the mental illness knew. ever came into play with this. Sorry, I'm jumping around a little bit. No, you're fine. What um, were you saying? So your mother knew that mom's mom had mental illness. I don't know if she knew. Did they know each other? Like, did, no, were these families? No, they never met. Okay. I don't think they met until our rehearsal dinner. Okay. Even though, like. Huntsville and Birmingham, they're right next to each other. Aren't yeah, they? but it's a hundred miles. It's not like they went down all the time. Okay. And you guys didn't go to the same church, really, right? No, they were in entirely different circles. Okay. I mean, I had known, I knew her parents pretty well because I'd gone down there multiple times. Okay. So you'd already met them before? I mean, prior to marrying, I think I went down every weekend for six and a half months at least. Mm. Wow. Yeah, so I knew her pretty well, obviously. Yeah. And then we went to not marriage encounter, pre-Cana for a solid three months, three to six months. So was so it we actually... we went through the full pre-Cana thing, and I mean, there wasn't any real doubt. The only thing that really came in was her mental illness later, but... Yeah. So did you actually end up keeping your promise to your mom? Did you actually no, wait a I year? Didn't. Okay. Because I met Barbara on the Wednesday after the Sunday that I had said that. Mm-hmm. And after praying about it, it was pretty obvious that I shouldn't keep shouldn't keep that 
promise. <laughs> so. And I told, I asked Barbara about it. I'm pretty sure she said, don't do it. Don't keep the promise. <clears throat> right. Interesting. She said it was under duress. You know, it wasn't even a real promise. Right. <clears throat> it was just something to appease her at that point. It was to appease her so I could go to bed. <laughs> so, on your actual wedding day, was your mother upset about that? Did Because she found out that you weren't going to wait a No, year. she was upset sooner than that. As soon as she found out, I proposed. Okay. The following Sunday, I think it was. Okay. You can see Aurora knew everything. That. Yeah. So, everything Aurora knew about, she knew. Oh, boy. That's the awkward thing, you know, like... My friend was friends with them too, so it made it very awkward. Right, and Aurora wouldn't and Aurora keep things like that exactly, secret. Aurora was not exactly no way. She was not a secret keeper. Oh boy, yeah. See, that's a problem right there. Yeah, it was a problem. <laughs> um, that was part of the reason why we had to move from Alabama. We were just like too closely knit. Yeah. And too mom had similar problems in Birmingham. Yeah. Um, how did you end up choosing your career, and what was your favorite part about it, or is your favorite part about career. it? Career. My dad encouraged me to take a computer programming class in my freshman year in college, and it turned out to be something a lot different than I thought it was, mm-hmm. and I really liked it. And I had my, my best teacher was that guy, Rich Green. I don't remember his name. Mm-hmm. He was awesome. And I really liked it after that. And I thought, I think I'm going to change my major. I was in pre-med at the time. There's no way. Pre-med? There's no way I could have been a doctor. Well, that's interesting. I wasn't well enough. Yeah. But I would have been taking chemistry and all that. I'm like, well, I'm not too bad at memorizing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but it didn't really spark your interest the way computer programming you No, know, programming immediately took my interest. What was your favorite part about it? What, what was so interesting about it? Um, I think part of it was it's kind of fit my lifestyle a little bit because I was sick a lot so I could kind of sit at a terminal instead of being real active and all. Yeah. <coughs> and also I just like programming. You you know, when you do something, it's like creative in a way. Yeah. It's a creativity thing. Hmm. Yeah. And, and I it's... like gadgets. I like new things. I still do. Mm-hmm. You also said you have a very good memory, so that helps with programming too, right? Yeah, I mean, I have a memory for numbers, and that helped with programming. Oh, yeah, yeah, what you just said before. You remember mm-hmm. numbers and dates very well. Right, and I like math. Math is okay. It's interesting. So it was it was tough getting a degree because I had to learn assembly language and all kinds of wacky stuff. Mm-hmm. It wasn't easy, but it was worth it. The other thing is I knew computer programming paid a lot more money than most careers. Yeah. That's one of the other reasons why I picked it. Well, it didn't pay more than a doctor, though, did it? No, a doctor pays more, but I didn't... But they were comparative. I was sick at the time, so I knew I wasn't going to be able to make it through pre-med. Right. Well, that's good. You found something around the right time, so... Was it because you were discouraged about becoming a doctor, and you asked your father what you should do? Yeah, probably. take this class? And I wasn't real sure about it either. Yeah. A lot of people go into college with one major, and then they switch it after a while. (laughs) <laughs> I'm it's a prime funny because I never that. really thought about computer programming <laughs> until I took this class, and this guy really made it interesting. Hmm. It was mostly him. If it hadn't been for him, I may not have gone into it. Yeah, it's funny. true. The professors really do influence your life. Yeah, true. People you meet in college 
And what did you start as a mate? You started as something and you went into something else. Psychology and then I went to communications. Psychology. We'll see if communications sticks yeah. around. I guess. <laughs> programming? Maybe you ought to take a programming class. Please, no. You might be surprised. <laughs> I've never had a knack for numbers and dates, but <laughs> not like you. It's very logical. <laughs> programming is extremely logical. Yeah. If you do anything wrong, I mean, you got to do everything according to a set pattern. If you don't, it won't work. So, going to that logical thing, because the next question is, what made you successful at work? Do you think that maybe you kind of had um, some illogical experiences with your family, with your parents, and that prompted you to be more <laughs> <laughs> be more um, uh, appeal to um, a maybe. logical job yeah, in with a way, numbers? Programming, and, it's very logical. Yeah, there's no sudden changes. At the you time, when thing, you're trying to debug a program, it doesn't seem logical. <laughs> but then when you look at it and you find a mistake, like, oh, yeah, now I know why it doesn't work. Yeah. So the nice, nice thing about programming is very cut and dried. Yeah. you got to do a certain set of things or it won't work. Right. It's like, it's like trying to make a uh, house of cards. If it isn't perfectly done, it will just collapse. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, yeah, that might have provided you with a little sense of stability, possibly. Money as well, obviously. You need to Definitely that. the money factor. <laughs> Definitely the money factor. It's just, I'm just trying to figure out, like, um, you know, your drive behind why you chose that career. <laughs> and I, I think it might have a little something to do with your home life. Maybe not. Maybe. I could be wrong here. Probably but. <laughs> could be something inside into that. And then even now. Yeah. Even now, it's sort of an escape. Yeah. Because, like, when I go to work, I can kind of put, put aside the whole mental problem. Yeah, you just focus on and the And do numbers. that. It's completely different. Yeah. I mean, it's a blessing from that standpoint. Yeah. Well, it's very, very good that you're interested in such a, not a simple thing, I would say, but kind of a boring thing to most people, you know? It's it's a good thing that it appeals to you and you find uh, yeah, it interesting. Yeah, you're right. It, it can be very boring. Yeah. But there's like a certain degree of creativity in it mm-hmm. that kind of appeals in a way, I'd rather just sit and do my own programs and doing somebody else's assignments. Yeah. And I have done that. When I get bored at work, I'll write my own programs. Interesting. But, yeah, I wrote this whole program on how to calculate your total total return on stocks. And right. And then you, you do have a creative side because you want to write some books. You're very good at writing. And I'm working on another website now. Hopefully I'll stick with it. Yeah. But, yeah. Um... Let's see. This is kind of the same question, but... And don't forget Toymaton. <laughs> what did you believe about yourself that helped you become successful and deal with hard times? Like, what's your primary motivator in life? What drives you to get up in the morning and go to work? And what drives you oh, to be the best person you can be? my prime motivator is to make sure I'm providing for my family. Mm-hmm. That's probably number one, honestly. Even if it's boring or I feel crappy, it's just often... Mm-hmm. <laughs> what traits do you think you have that help you? Perseverance. Yes, definitely perseverance. And also, uh, I pray to God a lot for to get through days. And Prayer. I can remember many, many days. There's no way I'm going to get through this without God. I mean, prayer has a lot to do with perseverance as well, your yeah, prayer it life. Is. It you is. know, Because oftentimes praying does not seem very appealing either. I definitely say perseverance is a trait I've noticed in you. Yeah, definitely have that. Because you've always you've always been that stable influence in the family. You're always there. 
you know, you're and always I, getting up and going I to work. I purposely try to be that way. Yeah. Because I know how unstable mom is. Yeah, and because so, like, your parents... So, I overreact to that, and I... I tend to try to compensate for it, honestly. Like, trying to do the housework. Yeah. You've always been very gentle and agreeable as well. I would say those are two traits you have. And I had to to even get along with my parents. You just had to. Right. But in a way, I, I also see you as a leader as well. Maybe you don't see yourself as a leader in your family, even though you're the oldest. But I think oh, you are you a leader in, in your own way. growing up family? Yeah. I mean, now you're the leader of our family, and... You know, you're naturally that way as a father, but yeah, as a child you were the child? oldest. But I can, when I speak to you about it, I don't see you like viewing yourself as a leader. You always speak about how your brother was bigger than you, and he True. kind of led the pack. Is what I hear from you. But I would say that they weren't actively following me, but maybe they do indirectly, and you, you don't yeah. realize it. Like my sister Kristen, she and I were probably the closest, and. I'm sure she followed my example in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. She's more of an independent spirit now, but I think she would still say that. Yeah. Well, a lot, of, a lot of your siblings chose to go on these different paths of life that you probably wouldn't have chosen. But in a no way, way. I, I feel like they all kind of envy you because you've made the right choices. You know, like know. You, you're I'm the only so one. I'm not so sure. I don't know. I think... If I were one of your siblings, I would definitely envy you a little bit because you are very successful, you know? You have a very nice home. You have, you know, your wife, your kids. You know, you've done very well for yourself. Yeah, except for the middle illness. Despite what your parents said, you had the courage to stand up to them and actually get married. Yeah, you you, uh, blazed your own trail, so to speak, you know? Well, I had to. I knew it was God's will. That's why I did it. And then, clearly, Aunt Kristen um, did similar to you because she saw what you did and she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good guy. Maybe she, she had a different your set of circumstances. Like she wasn't really qualified to marry him, unfortunately. I mean, yeah. If she, she made I hope this doesn't. I don't want this to get back to her. But no, no. But she made Catholicism a priority, and now it's actually. It I think is it a is priority, except she prematurely married before she was approved. I yeah. would not have done that. Yeah. A person would have done it. Yeah. Uh, and then she's married a divorced guy. I mean, she, he's got a lot of baggage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, um, yeah, that too. I don't know why I'm getting into her. But... Well, I brought the Oh, up. but you're basically <laughs> saying that, yeah. I'm, I'm saying that you have leadership qualities that maybe you don't recognize in yourself. You know? Even, um... <laughs> indirectly you lead people you don't realize it but your example and I try to be a good example I do pray for that mm-hmm. but it was very difficult to be a true leader in my house because it was such an authoritarian kind of environment well, yeah you're definitely like you kind of you're working in the background I see that I see that you kind of have to do things indirectly because you've had very controlling people in your life You know. even now I do yeah even now but um, you're always there, and you're always working, and you're always doing things to show that you love and care about people. You know, I think your love language is acts of service. Right, it, it definitely is. I try to do more than acts of service, but... Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, you're always, like, cleaning up the house, and you're always, you know, making sure there's food on the table, and, you know, little right. things like that, vacuuming and stuff, things that aren't really necessary for you to do, but you do them anyway. I do think it's necessary because they just won't get done if I don't. Yeah. I mean, when you're home, things happen, but... Yeah. 
but you, you, know, you kind of take up the gauntlet, would... so to speak. You do things that other people are kind of bored by. They don't find interesting or they don't find appealing. You are, you're the one who does all kind of the dirty work, Yeah, I, I do do that, and I make an effort to do that because I feel like I'm offering up my sufferings. That's part of it. Yeah, yeah. And like, That's how saints are made, have, you know. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> well, that's that's a fatherly thing, thing well, but yeah, yes. Oh yeah, he was yeah. bad about that. I'm I'm not great, but at least I'll pay to have someone do it. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. you're on it. Like you know when something needs to be done. It's really nice. Like, My dad knew it, but he would let things slide a lot longer than I do. Yeah. And I've really tried not to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I've been reading about. Um, Abraham Lincoln, for instance, who was one of the greatest leaders of all time. And his way of leading was kind of in a passive way as well, almost. Um, he always tried to be agreeable. He always tried to, um, you know... Right, Lincoln, yeah, he was classically like that. Yeah, but I mean, the way he was a leader was in a very um, uh, indirect manner. You know, like, he didn't exactly, like jump up and say hi listen to me listen to what i do he more led by example right, i'd true. say you know and that's that's what i see in you that's what i mean when i say you have yeah. leadership qualities try to be that way <clears throat> I'm, I'm always like chided at work for not being a leader but yeah but they, the they're talking about over the there traditional it's... idea of leader right you know what i mean cool. like i i just think maybe they don't interact with you enough they don't see it you know yeah, and I think they have a certain mold of what they want a person to be in that company, and I've never really fit the mold too well over there. Yeah, well, that's... I've never fit the mold anywhere in any company. I can't say I have. Yeah, I mean, again, that's kind of what makes a leader as well. You know, True. not fitting the mold. Kind of just I mean, doing... I really have kind of an entrepreneurial attitude about stuff. I really would rather be doing my own website, but... yeah problem is i have other things to do and i don't have time <laughs> yeah well, i'm sure i'm sure that will come to fruition someday i hope you know? so i really try to do that yeah i hope so because it's kind of a missing element in my life i really want to have a creative outlet mm-hmm. i mean part of it is playing an instrument or whatever but i haven't done that recently yeah maybe when we get the new piano once just sent to finish high school um, Go next. on, are we done? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, let's see what we got left here. Why do you need something? It's getting boring. It's getting boring. Well, this is not boring to me. Um, we'll we'll kind of tie these two questions together. Um, the question is, what times in your life truly tested your metal? What did you learn about yourself by dealing or not dealing with them? Um, yeah, I'll actually, I'll just say this. Oh, question my first, gut but... pain is probably my number one thing. Honestly. Yeah. And probably number two is fighting the mental illness situation. Yeah. Both in my situations. mother and my wife. Yeah. And both, they definitely test my mettle. Mm-hmm. My gut is just with me constantly and in anything related to it. Mm-hmm. And it's the most frustrating thing. It's so frustrating. Yeah. I think the worst thing about it is that I don't know what causes it. Yeah, Mental yeah. illness, same thing. <laughs> yeah. With mom, I don't know what causes it. I don't know what sets her off. That's what's so frustrating about it. It's not as matter-of-fact and easy as Joe paints it to be. It's yeah. not. There's not much stability there. There's, It's just unpredictable. It's You don't know the cause of it. 
you know. It's right, very, very you don't difficult. know how to fix it. Yeah, that's the yeah. thing that's most frustrating to me. Yeah. I feel that way at work sometimes. Like I'll be given an impossible problem and no one there to help you. Yeah. That is my biggest frustration. Yeah, because you you're willing to fix things. You're willing to get down and do it, but you need to know what the cause but of it you is. You have to have the, the tools to is. fix it. Yeah. It's a big test that God has given me. I it's a cross. Yeah. I've had it on multiple levels like that. Um, I don't really know what's wrong with your parents. Like, no, I don't. I okay, wish, your parents it, as well. You want to fix it, but you can't. It's kind of like Hugo. I feel like Hugo. That's <laughs> why that movie is so good. <laughs> like, you want to fix stuff, and you can't. Yeah. Like, he can't bring his father back he from the dead. notebook to work. Uh... That's true. <laughs> but, like, he would like to bring his father back, but he can't. The automaton is sort of a personification of his father I think yeah or um, like it's a remnant of his father's work what three events most shaped your life three events good or bad the tornado of 67 I don't know if that really shaped my life <laughs> but it, it was a major milestone <laughs> well I mean you had kids <laughs> yeah I got married in 94 and the computer science career, probably about 1981, 82. Mm-hmm. Having kids and moving around all over the place. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of, these events are kind of all joined together, though. It's not like three step, separate, distinct events on their own, necessarily. Uh, well, getting married and having kids are two separate events, right? True. True. Uh, think of anything super major yeah I feel like I, 9-11 was a big event in our lives I think it sobered us mm-hmm. I think this COVID crisis is going to turn out to be a kind of a turning point too mm-hmm. for any of those wondering Reliance we're going through the God, coronavirus I mean, pandemic right yeah. now <laughs> yeah and it's what May of 2020 yep <laughs> May of 2020 um Going to the kids thing, what do you remember about when each of us was born? Starting with Clamory, what's the biggest memory you have about when Claire I remember was born? the day she was born better than I remember the other three. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I remember taking her home from the hospital. I don't remember you guys as much. Mainly because she was the first born, probably. Yeah. Do you remember being scared, excited? Both? <laughs> More excited than scared. I was a little scared because she, they were giving us, we were getting abnormal um, ultrasounds from her. We were worried that she was going to be mentally challenged. Yeah. But you still... We prayed a lot about that. Yeah. And mom had three separate ultrasounds. Whatever. Right. But you still wanted to have her. You were still pro Oh, yeah, of course. But we were worried that she was going to be sick or not... Yeah, it's a good thing that didn't happen. Yeah, because there's already (laughs) enough mental problems in our family as his. That would have been very a very big cross for you. Yeah, she was a challenge of all of you. She was the hardest (laughs) in terms of discipline. Yeah, and boy, does she pit her will against us sometimes. (laughs) Very unruly baby. (laughs) Hey, remember, 
I remember not her not wanting to use utensils. That went on for several weeks. <laughs> when she was like, a baby yeah, or when she was like, like a toddler? Two, three years old. Mm. It was a big deal for mom. It was like, why won't she use her utensils? <laughs> what was the question? Um, what do you remember about when each of us was born? So let's go to Joseph. Oh. What do you remember about him? Joe, I remember staying up all night the day he was born, the night he was born. Did you know he was a boy at the time? Yeah, and we did. We knew all of your guys' gender beforehand. Hmm. But uh, I remember Mom had a long, long labor that, and we walking through the hospital corridors, helping her to deliver baby Joe. Ugh. And I also remember Bill Clinton was in town. That, the day he was born in Philadelphia. <laughs> that was disgusting. <laughs> How about me? You, I remember you came so fast I couldn't get to the hospital. <laughs> so it was I the was stuck behind a train in Norristown. <laughs> yeah, the complete opposite. <laughs> You're probably thinking, you oh, I have so plenty quick. of time. The last baby took forever. Yeah. <laughs> and then Plus, you I had to <laughs> arrange a babysitter. Mag- Maggie was, what was her name? Maggie, right? I think it was Maggie. Margie. Margie, that's it. How does she remember? <laughs> Why do I remember Maggie? Because we have so many Maggies here. Yeah. Um, how about Jacinta? What do you remember about when she was born? <laughs> I remember driving her to the hospital in Mom's tummy. Yep. And it was right after the terrorism attacks of Washington, D.C. That was oh, crazy. Yeah. And we had just bought a house in Virginia. Yep. And I remember I thought, oh, no, I hope we can get her there before she starts having a baby. <laughs> so you were like worried about fran- getting her to the oh, hospital in time. and I couldn't find the hospital. This is before GPSs. Oh, gosh. And it was not where I thought it was. Oh, Fairfax no. Hospital. That scared the bleep out of me. And all three of you were in the car, too. <laughs> oh, boy. All five of us were in the car. About to have the baby <laughs> right in the Mom car. Mom was like, I'm having babe labor pains. Oh, God, help us. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh no, this gosh. is going to be a state trooper delivery. <laughs> Well, you know. But it turns out she was a long way from having baby. That's good. Was, she was probably worried because the last pregnancy with me, you know, I'd gone out so that's fast. That's true. <laughs> She's probably like, okay. <laughs> the other thing is I remember the doula. The doula was very helpful for the last three. Oh, that's good. The um, lady was very helpful. I've already kind of asked you this question, but were you ever scared to be a parent? I remember the only time I felt scared was before Claire Marie came. Yeah. In Pennsylvania, we went to this, like, well, it wasn't the pre-labor class. I remember doing that, too. But I remember seeing all these kids playing, and I was thinking, I have a lot of chronic fatigue. I don't think I can handle this. Yeah. Just running around with the kids. Yeah. That was the only time I was kind of scared. Yeah. The only other time I could think of is, like, I hope I never do anything that could cause you guys to get hurt. That was another thing that what do you scared mean? me. Mentally, emotionally, All the above. Mm. Mostly physical. Like carrying you guys up and down the stairs. I never wanted to drop you or anything like that. <laughs> get a little dent in Why are you reacting head? that way? It's a protective father. <laughs> oh, I was really worried about ever hurting you guys. Yeah. I remember that. That was my main concern, honestly. Yeah, like you didn't want to spank us or anything. Like what you didn't your parents know that? Did. I didn't know that either. <laughs> it's amazing when I think you guys know. <laughs> nope. <laughs> we don't know that much. 
I remember being really careful holding you guys and stuff. Yeah. Making sure you always had your seat belts on and all that. Well, does that kind of stem from your parents a little bit too? Like how uh, they used to spank you and whatever? No, I mean, they took good care of us. I don't remember them ever abusing us or anything. Yeah. I remember mom and I got in a huge argument about, not huge, just an argument about whether to spank you guys. And she convinced me she was right actually that time. Yeah. She was right not to spank you. Yeah. No, I'm But it was because I grew up with it. Yeah. And I thought it was the only effective way. Yeah. I mean, while well, mom was na- watching Nanny 911 or whatever it's called, Super Nanny. No, that was long <laughs> after. Oh, okay. I thought this she got her like ideas This was like when Claire Marie that. was an infant and she was <clears throat> acting up. Mom used to be a school teacher, so she wasn't really allowed to hit kids. She kind of had to put them in timeout and True. stuff. And it turned out to be more effective. It was definitely effective. Mm. I mean, Super Nanny was right, but that was later. <laughs> that was a lot later. Yeah, well, I'm definitely going to The Naughty Map worked out very well. If you ever... Naughty Map works great. <laughs> or Naughty Chair. I remember And it that. doesn't matter if you think it's not effective. If the kid... It's a perception thing. Yeah. If the kid thinks they're being disciplined, that's all it takes. <laughs> got to make them think it's a discipline to sit on a blanket. Even if it's something to use at your nap time, like her. <laughs> the naughty mat can be her friend or enemy. It all depends on the context. <laughs> it worked extremely well. And the naughty step, I think we did that a little. Did what? we make you guys go to a naughty chair? I think we did. Yeah, yeah. When, when we didn't have the naughty mat, you, you'd put me on the pink chair, and I'd bounce on it, and you'd be like, no, it's a punishment, not a reward. The court chair probably been... <laughs> knocked around so many times (laughs) um what three words would you say represented your approach to parenting and why three words caution caution Mm. example example yeah that's a good one provide provide yeah i don't know if those are the best words but those are three that come to mind those are good. It kind of stems off what we were talking about before yeah. as well. Um, huh. So this is kind of about your siblings. When you think about it says name of sibling, but you had four of them. Um, oh, boy. We can go through your siblings if you want, or I could just talk about when you think about your siblings as a whole, <clears throat> how would you describe That's them? That's hard because they're all divergent from each other. All right, let's start from... My brother, Andre, he was kind of a wild man, honestly. He always was. <laughs> a wild man. <laughs> he kind of did things his own way. He's probably the strongest personality of all of us. Hmm. Uh, John? He was also kind of impetuous. Mm-hmm. Very impetuous. He would find things, too. He was always kind of observant and find stuff. He's the only one that found $20 bills and stuff like that. <laughs> the lucky one. Yeah, and he was kind of very athletic. He's probably the most athletic of all of us. Hmm. Would you say that he was a popular kid? or? Yeah. He was popular. popular. Hmm. What about um, John? And he was next, really right? into soccer. He loved soccer. Yeah. He, kind of, he was like everything I wanted to be in terms of popularity. Is there a little bit of jealousy there, maybe? Maybe a little. I was always a little bit pudgy, and he was always a little more lean than I was. Hmm. Kind of funny. That's interesting. Yeah. So he was a popular one with the ladies, or? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had several girlfriends growing up. Huh. That's interesting. I he was very kind of. I would call. Yeah. He was pretty thin. He was like Joe. I mean, he was kind of straight stomached. I never had a straight stomach ever. Hmm. Checks the bail. <laughs> uh, what about Uncle John? He's John next. John right? was probably the most like me in terms of looks. Yeah. He and I look a lot alike, and you know, I. He and I got along pretty well. He's a pretty passive guy. You've met him, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's pretty passive. He's a lot like me in a lot of ways. But um, he liked to party. So did my brother. Andre and John both love party. Both don't like to party. <laughs> and getting into trouble. I don't even know all the stories. but <laughs> Oh, gosh. I mean, the one party we had at our house was probably one of many, many parties they went to. <laughs> I'm certain of that. Oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, they like to drink. They like to party. And I think my brother Andre was into drugs. I think he had an addiction. I know he did. It's kind of funny how the roles are reversed a little bit here. Because maybe you were jealous of Andre and his popularity growing up. I'm not up. jealous of him now. You certainly aren't now. Yeah. <laughs> no. He's kind of made a wreck of his life. The last time I saw him, I was worried about him. Because he looked pretty ragged. Yeah. You I didn't know. recognize him. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of sad. Mm-hmm. I mean, he in a way, like you a kind of had the last out laugh. the beach too long. <laughs> Have you ever seen people that are, like, completely ragged at the beach? That's yeah. the way he looked. Does he live near a beach? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, he probably sat out and got very, very You ever heard sunburnt. of... Who's the guy that sings that song? Um, it'll come to me in a minute. Margaritaville, the margarita guy. Um, Jimmy Buffett. Look at a picture of Jimmy Buffett. That's my brother. <laughs> I have no clue who this person is, but okay. Just look him up. Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> look up Jimmy Buffett. Um, how about Kristen? How would you describe Kristen's her? Kristen's a lot like me in personality, I would say. She's pretty Catholic. Probably the most Catholic. She and I are the most Catholic, probably. Mm-hmm. But she, she has definitely strong ideas about things that she won't be dissuaded from, I've noticed. Sounds like your mom. But she's yeah. a lawyer, you know. She's definitely very strong. Like this whole COVID thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've seen on Facebook. He, looks. he has more <laughs> hair than that. He has a little more hair than that. Look Actually, at that my picture dad of looks, Jimmy Buffett. My, my brother looks more ragged. That kind of looks like your father to me, a little bit. <laughs> He's not this old, but he had all gray hair. It really surprised me. Oh, gosh. Yeah, he was pretty ragged. Oh. If you looked at him, you would know he had problems. Yeah, yeah. You can just kind of tell. Yeah. <laughs> no, he looks better than I thought. He looks better than my brother, honestly. <laughs> Update, Jimmy Buffett looks better just than Andre. Just think of a kind of a ragged, <laughs> ragged-looking guy that's been at the beach too long. That's basically it. No, he looks better. He looks worse than that. Oh, so... Kristen, would you say she was more of a good girl growing up? Did she go yeah, to parties or anything? Yeah, no. Hmm. I don't know how much she partied, but it was probably like me. It was very little. Yeah. And then... Um, but she was really into college and education, and she she actually got two degrees, at least, because she was a journalist, and, of course, she got her law degree, but she had something else before that, I thought. She was in college a lot. Hmm. Very smart girl. Very smart. Um, how about Aunt Karen? Karen is kind of the artistic type, a lot like Andre in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. 
Kind of a free spirit. Religion is sort of secondary to her, like Andre. I don't think Andre's in the... I know he doesn't practice. Mm-hmm. Sweet girl. And huh? very artistic, yes. Very athletic. Mm-hmm. Did love soccer. Andre, John, and Karen all love soccer. Mm. I coached it. I was on the periphery of it, but I was never really totally into it. Yeah. And uh, pretty girl. Always pretty. Mm. And uh, kind of popular. She had boyfriends and all. Yeah. I remember she told me a story about how she snuck out one night to go to prom. She didn't tell her parents or anybody. I don't think she ever told me that story. <laughs> she told me. She said she snuck out. <laughs> she directly confronted my mother a lot. She and oh. they did, she booked his with them. Oh, boy. And she left home pretty early. My Both of my sisters did. Yeah. My oh. brother Andre left fairly early, too. What messages would you give your siblings if you had something to tell them? I would say don't let go of the faith because almost all of them have thus far. Don't let go of the faith. You'd say that yeah. to all of them? Yeah, and then try to make up with mom and dad. They have mentally, you know, they have issues, but... Yeah. Keep the peace to, in the Try family. to bury the hatchet. Bury the hatchet? What I've tried to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've tried to do that. Well, you've led by example of our, that, so hopefully they'll follow. I've tried. I really have. I think my brother is calling my parents now. I'm glad for that. John or Andre? Andre. Andre. John's never really dropped out with him. Yeah. But again, you have to kind of swallow your pride because, you know, they're never going to compromise with you. They're even Kristen. She's talked to them recently. Mm-hmm. Um, skipping past the siblings now, we're going back to mom. When you think about mom, how would you describe your her? mother? Yes. say she's very faithful she's loving in her own way now i mean before she was truly loving mm-hmm. very faithful she's not you never have to worry about her being adulterous or anything like that that was never loyal issue with her yeah and never she never like looked at other men or anything that was never a problem with her yeah and that was a real blessing mm-hmm She's very um, set in her ways, too, definitely. Very set in her ways. I think she feels like she's been deprived of something that I really haven't stood in her way with anything, really. I mean, except nothing, except for the mental hospital thing. Yeah. And then maybe I, I've said that, you know, we don't have enough money for such and such, only because it costs so much money. Yeah. You know, like she kind I, of always has... I went along like with lacking. her doing the aesthetics training, and... Yeah. Yes. You can go inside if you want. No, there's no, no boy. Why? Oh. Go get a snack or Did something. Did I? <laughs> what was the question again? Um, when you think about mom, how would you describe oh, yeah. her? So she's very faithful in her own way now, but I think it's been tarnished by the mental illness, but. Mm-hmm. But before, very faithful and loving and very nurturing of you guys and doesn't know when to turn off, honestly. <laughs> right? But she yeah. doesn't realize you guys have grown up. Yeah. Kind of. We're very close to it. Yeah. Very, Even very just similar to your, your parents in many ways. Kind of. She has these set ideas that are not necessarily based on reality. Yeah. 
definitely. Some of the things that she thinks are correct, but you know. I think she has a very, almost a childlike understanding of the Catholic faith, in my opinion. Very childlike, yeah. Very pious. Yep. She's very pious. Pious is a good word for her, even now. Yeah. Very pure. Yeah, pure heart, I think. I think she does have good intentions most of the time. Definitely, I think so. I think things come out as being confrontational even when she's not. Yeah. Like this last discussion we had. Yeah. Very pretty. Yeah. Even now, I'd say so. Her skin looks great. Her hair looks pretty good. Everything about her. If she could go to her hairstylist, she'd probably look a lot better. She she takes care of herself. She doesn't let hygiene slide. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, she never smells or anything like that. I mean. (laughs) <laughs> Thankfully, I'm glad she's... You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Some women can... Like my mother. Yeah. Mom is very hygienic. Very... Cares a lot about her appearance, definitely. Which is not a bad thing. She does care a lot about her appearance. She'll <laughs> say, my hair is going away or whatever. But... Have you guys she really thought that her hair is going away? She is, yeah, true. Yeah, mom's insecure. And you can't she tell her that either. She just won't listen to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah, mom modeled when she was younger. But, like, she never talks about... She's not, like, um, self-centered at all. Like, in some ways. Like, she won't be like, I'm beautiful, I'm this Never. I've never heard her say anything like that. Yeah. Or prop herself up like that. The only thing is she she does harbor resentment. Resentment is an issue for her. As your parents do. Not much anymore, but... There's definitely she has a resentment that they somehow held her back, or that the South held her back, or did something to her. She feels deprived. That and she comes feels out resentment a lot for this deprivation, even though the deprivation is imaginary. It's definitely imaginary at this point. I don't know. They couldn't possibly do anything to her now. Mm-hmm. It's like making up problems because you don't have any real problems in your life. <laughs> yeah. Can't be satisfied with what you have. It's true. It, like the, she has these ghosts that. They're paper chains. They really are. They're true paper chains. Um, what message do you have for mom that you would want her to keep in mind um, if she could understand what you were saying, basically? What would you tell her? Say I love her and, uh, you know, break these paper chains you have. There's nothing holding you back. Yeah. Not even money. I mean, if she wanted to go back to school and really do something, yeah. there's nothing to stop her. There's nothing stopping her from doing what she wants to do. I mean, other than her illness. Yeah, and that you are supportive of her, too. I mean, maybe I should tell her that. Go to... I have told her to go work for Coles or whoever. I don't care. Yeah. I don't know. You do want her to Do you think if I said that to her, she would do it? I really don't think... I think she just wants to hear it, but not actually do it. Yeah, I don't think she... I don't think she she's as ambitious as she thinks herself. she is. She holds herself back, but she blames it on right, other people. Right, right. She projects it on other people. A lot people. of us do the same thing. I yeah, because she doesn't want to actually do anything about it. That's what I think. I mean, I do that too to some extent. Like, I can build a website and I never build it, but I should, but I don't. Yeah, we all struggle with that. Yeah. I mean, I struggle with it as well, holding myself back because I think that I'm not good enough, you know? Yeah, with your dance thing, I've noticed. Like, you're so critical that you can't improve. Yeah. Because you just feel like you can never do it. Yeah. Why That's true. I hate bugs. Jacinta's being attacked by bugs. Repeat, Jacinta's being attacked just by bugs. Relax, <laughs> and they won't bother you. 
<laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I know it look a little naughty. <laughs> we just had a guy walk by our house. I have COVID. <laughs> Get away from me. <laughs> cough, cough. <laughs> um, what three words would you say best describe who you have tried to be in life and how you want to be remembered? Three words. I try to be like Jesus, but it's hard to do. Why are you looking at this? Hey, I need that. Three words. Jacinta, I'm trying to interview, please. What What was it? What three words would you say best describe who you've tried to be in life and how you want to be remembered? Your legacy. Christian. (laughs) Christian father. Husband. Lover of life. Yes. (laughs) Christian father, God husband. lover. I'd say, oh, I mean, man I of hope service. it's not just words. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be words necessarily. What would you like a sentence or a couple sentences? How you? That what pretty you, much the, your legacy it. should be. I want to be known as a follower of follower of Christ, and is that your motto? Do you have a motto? <laughs> I'm trying to get I to the root of who Lefecto is. I don't is. have a motto. <laughs> Except follow God and try to do what He wants me to do. Short and try sweet. Try not to complain too much about it. <laughs> What's that all about? Take what you've been given in life and make the best of it, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I want to be known as a follower of Christ because I know that's the only way we're ever going to be happy. Yeah. And that's how you want. And your I kids don't want to go to hell or Hades or anything like that. <laughs> But that's not the primary motive. You, I know it's the about... The primary motive. I know God is... Yeah. I mean, I know life is about love. It's it's just a test. The whole yeah. thing's a test. Yeah. I know that's true. Yeah. Um. And if you notice this test isn't so hard that it can't be done, I always think this. God gives you just enough to manage. I def, I've seen, like, COVID. Even how bad this COVID thing is. Yeah. It never completely overwhelms us. You ever notice? It's like nothing that he always gives completely us completely overwhelms to get out. us. Yeah, I mean, maybe if you look at the the difficulties you've had in your life, like your your health issues, your stomach issues, your issues with mom. If we go, if we backtrack to what you were saying before, how you don't think you have the tools to fix the problem, you know. But he does give you the tools to cope. Yeah, he gives you the tools to at cope. At least that's or to my impression. It. Yeah. And he might have already given us the tools to fix it. We just may not recognize it at this point. Part of it is recognizing what he's given us. One thing I've really meditated about a lot is like, why doesn't God make himself more known? Why doesn't then God I, I meditate on that. And he is known. It's just you have to look. Yeah. You yeah. have to seek. Mm-hmm. Like the wise men, you know, you have to seek. Yeah. You can't and just I, One so thing sit. I have seen, I think it was, who was it that said this? Okay, so about 30 minutes and one stuffed nose later, we came inside and we're going to continue this interview. <laughs> um, we were discussing what three words would you say best describe who you tried to be in life and how you want to be remembered. Um, and you were discussing... God center, Jesus follower, father, yeah. husband. God seeker. Yeah. That's pretty good. Love seeker. Yeah, love seeker. That's good. Um... Skipping to the next question, we have, when you think about our careers, the careers of us kids, 
What do you want us to focus on? I want you to do what you're called to do and what interests you. But also that you got to balance that against paying the bills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I kind of have a practical attitude about that. Yeah. I mean, it'd be great if you... Like, one a good example is my uh, guy I work with, his, his fiancé got a degree in like museum curation it's great except it doesn't pay real well and they're rare the jobs are rare mm-hmm. so I, I i mean it's great that you have a good art degree or whatever but if it's not practical that's probably not a great choice so i would say you got to balance it mm-hmm. so um do you want to go through all four of us kids and discuss what you think we're good at and what you think we should focus on? Starting from Claire? You mean adult kids. You're already yeah. grown up. but Well, that's what I mean. Claire Marie, what is she good at? She's very good at teaching herself stuff. She's very good at the online experience. She seemed to be about the most suited for homeschool, honestly, of the four of you. Mm-hmm. She's self-taught... <laughs> crochet and actually taught it at Michael's store which was amazing mm-hmm. uh, she's kind of a natural leader I think she's mm-hmm. a very good leader I think the firstborn is always kind of a natural leader because they're expected <laughs> to be that way yeah and uh, what would I say her I think what she's doing now is pretty well suited for and all mm-hmm She's almost done with her MBA. Hopefully she'll be able to kind of move into higher positions than what she's been doing. Mm-hmm. So do you see her being a stay-at-home mom, homeschooling, like what mom no, used to do? I don't no? see her staying home. Mm. I mean, maybe on a part-time basis, like she's been forced to now, but... Yeah. She's always been a little bit of a free spirit, honestly. Yeah. I mean, she's left, left home the earliest of all of you. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, oh yeah. She left at 17. She's kind of a free spirit, kind of independent. Kind of fearless little, in a way. A little headstrong, a little bit. Definitely but perseverant. Good. Yeah, she's kind of headstrong. Um, what about Joseph? What do you see him doing with his career? What do you think he should focus on? <sighs> I don't know with him. He loves philosophy and he likes to write. He's very good at enunciating what he believes. And uh, I think law would be good for him if he can get into it. Mm-hmm. If he can get it paid for. He has very intelligent, well thought out arguments about things and yeah, interesting definitely. beliefs, interesting ideas about things, insights more than right. anything. Right. Well, definitely, I think that's true. You see I think his father. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. Um, he's a lot more mature than he was when he started school. <laughs> yeah. Started college, I think. Mm-hmm. And he seems a lot more controlled in his behavior, which is good. Yep. Very disciplined. Yeah. You think I he'd think be a he good father? He tends to oversimplify the situation that we have here with mom, but. But I think his insights have been good. Uh, Do you see him being a good father? 
Like I you think are. so. I think so. Yeah. I think all of you will be good parents. Thank you. I think so. I know you will be. What about me? Career-wise, what do you think I should focus on? <laughs> you're a very good writer. I think you're a little more afraid of speaking. I think you could do it if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. It kind of depends on what career you decide to go into. Yeah. I could see you writing blogs or whatever. I think you'd be good at it if you want to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, my major is communication, so that involves vocal yeah. as well. Are you having a talk show or something? Because that'd be kind of fun. Uh, maybe talk shows. Maybe <laughs> like a podcast. You'd be good at a podcast. We're kind of doing that now, but mm-hmm. I think a podcast would be good for you, actually. Yeah. Um. Maybe make your own. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you're very good at communicating and writing. Is extremely good. I mean, thank you. You and Joe are on the same level that way I'd say oh well that's a very high compliment (laughs) oh yeah both of you could go head to head I'm sure (laughs) Uh, you see me being you're a lot like your brother in a lot of ways you're born the same year (laughs) you are a lot like him oh thank you I think so I think he's a great person I don't mind being like him (laughs) yeah you're very similar I think you're good at handling your little sister and what else? I think you could do pretty much what you want to do. I just, I don't know if you really quite focus on what you want to do yet. Yeah. I mean, that's my impression, but you're young. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even start taking computer classes until I was your age. Mm. Well, 20 probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 20. I'm 20, so. <laughs> um, like I said, I went pretty much the first year without knowing what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. How about Jacinta? What do you see her doing with a career? Mm, what do you think? What I can see her going into art or music. Mm-hmm. She loves art. Last night she was sitting at the table for hours. Yeah. There's very few things I've seen her do sit and do for hours. Yeah. Once she finds something she likes, she can focus on it like no tomorrow. I think we're all like that. Mm-hmm. Once we find our interests, we go right in and we don't stop. Yeah, she loves art. I mean, I can see her doing something with graphic arts mm-hmm. or photography, and she likes that too. Mm-hmm. Although the most attention I see her doing is like coloring or artistry or something with along those lines. But she'll do it for hours on end mm-hmm. without getting bored, and she tends to get bored with most things. Yeah. I mean, it's partly a lack of maturity, I suppose, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What have you learned about other people in life? Like, how to tell if they're trustworthy, if they're good people or not? Like, what makes a good person? How do you know if you can trust someone or not? Hmm. <laughs> um, you can kind of tell when people are two-faced. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that growing up in the South. They tend to put on a separate face yeah. when you're standing in front of them than when they're away from you. Mm-hmm. Here, two-facedness isn't quite as a problem. Mm-hmm. But people are just cold here. I, I still feel like... I think people are as cold as they are the climate. <laughs> they yeah. really are. What was the question? Um, what have you learned about other people in life? How do you mm. know if they're trustworthy or good people? 
can't say I've learned a whole lot. I don't know, that question kind of stumps me a little bit because... Yeah. Like, how do you know if someone's worthy worthy of being your friend or not? Do you, do you um, well, discriminate against Well, first of all, they have... can be your friend? Yeah. Or? Oh, that's a good question. Or do you kind of just welcome no, everybody? No, no, I pretty much welcome most people. Yeah. Can't say I reject people out of hand. The one thing that really turns me off is transvestite type people or... People have kind of mixed up morals. Yeah, even I mean, so. one of my best friends in Virginia was a homosexual, and I really liked him a lot. Yeah. But it's harder to get very close to somebody like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Can you tell, like, right off if they're a good person or not when you speak to them? Or is it something mm. you see by their actions more than their words? That's hard to say. I, it's the whole it's the whole bundled package, honestly. It's not just what they say. Yeah. It's not just their actions. It's the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> if you want, we can. That's move a on. tough question, honestly. That's really tough because. Yeah. I don't really think in think in those terms that I need to trust unless there's some reason I need to trust them. You know, like when you're making friends with somebody, it's not necessarily you have to trust them because unless they're just lying about who they are. Yeah. Well, that's you, not usually a problem. <clears throat> usually the problem is that they, they say they do something and they don't really do it. Mm-hmm. Or that they have some qualification that they don't have. You obviously don't have trust issues. You seems to me like the way you approach things. Oh, is that what you're getting at? Okay. Well, not necessarily, but I mean, you know, it seems to me like the way you approach life is to kind of give everyone a good chance until they. Give oh you yeah, a reason I definitely not do to. that. I try to. <clears throat> Even then, you don't ever really shut people out. You kind of believe in the good of everyone, which is a good thing. And I was, <clears throat> I was brought up to be that way. I mean, my mother was always pretty open to people. Yeah. She's probably the most influential that way. And my dad, too. So they're not as judgmental as certain people would want us to be? No, absolutely not. They're not. Yeah. I mean, other than if they don't comply with the way they believe about stuff, they still aren't... They don't disinclude them as friends, though, because they've they've hung out with some pretty weird people (laughs) that I wouldn't consider... I mean, like people that are surrounding abortion or whatever I've seen them make friends with some people you would not believe they really? would be friends with huh interesting yeah um I can't say I've rejected anyone out of hand like that though right even if you have a reason to think they're not a good person you still don't shut them out necessarily like Tyler's a good example <laughs> Tyler I didn't really wasn't totally fond of, but I got along with him because of yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. And you still, if you saw him today, you would still be. And I would and say, original. When I first saw him, I thought, well, I don't really trust what he says because he, <laughs> he tends to exaggerate. Yeah. Exaggeration was his middle name. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't you think he was exaggerating yeah. constantly? Yeah. This is my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> If not outright lying. Right. Yeah. But yet, I didn't really write him off because I kind of liked him in a way. I liked his personality. and 
You're you're very agreeable. You find likable yeah, traits I in do. everybody. I definitely do that. <laughs> <clears throat> I can't think of anybody I've rejected out of hand. Yeah. No, I don't like politicians, but that's a different thing. Yeah, well, if you knew them in real life, you'd probably get along with them. Probably just... Joe Biden come up and want to have a coffee. I don't. <laughs> you want to have a beer, Joe? <laughs> you wouldn't turn him down. I, I don't know. I don't probably wouldn't. I'd probably want to get to know him. Yeah, you give everyone a fair chance, which is nice. Yeah, with politicians, I'm not that well, not not that good. But <laughs> with friendship, I don't really. Try not to write people off. Yeah. That's about all I have to say about that. <laughs> um, what do you think the world needs more of right now? Love. <laughs> so, God. Yeah. <laughs> I think the world needs less paranoia, that's for sure. Yeah. Need to be more agreeable. The whole COVID thing is... It seems paranoid. The whole... The whole method of trying to solve this with quarantine seems very dark ages, middle age. You know, <laughs> yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It doesn't seem like a modern way to solve a problem. No, it doesn't. It seems like desperation and paranoia. Mm-hmm. Instead of really thinking about this rashly and think about what can we do to keep the economy from totally stomping, but yeah. yet keeping people safe. It just seems very uncreative what we've done to try to solve this problem to me very uncreative just shut everything down and it almost like father mullen was saying it's like power has gone to their heads yeah sure seems that way so do you think people should try to be more agreeable like you i think so but then the whole world doesn't have to be like me (laughs) true (laughs) very (laughs) humble i like it (laughs) What do you believe people want the most in life? I, I've i thought about this. I think people want happiness and however whatever happy means to them. Mm-hmm. But then they don't realize that true mature happiness is from God. Yeah. So, like a bank robber wants to be happy. He wants to have lots of loot in his pockets, but <laughs> at a price. Right. I really do think most people are driven by happiness. They just don't realize what it is. They're driven by their need for happiness, but they just don't know where the source of that happiness is necessarily. Yeah. yeah. They're trying to they're driven by hedonism or whatever, but it's really ultimately they're trying to get happy. Right. I don't know anyone that delivery deliberately tries to make themselves sad. Yeah, that's true. Do you, unless they've just got a problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, even then, them seeking the sadness, it's because they think it'll fix everything. So in an indirect way, they are you seeking really happiness. So? Yeah, I think people with depression, people who oh, self-harm, right. they think that harming themselves will kind of ease the guilt or the, like, oh, the negative thoughts yeah, they're having. True. Yeah, and so they think it'll bring them happiness. Yeah, so. yeah I think so. It's, I think that's right. It's just a warped way of seeking happiness True. but a lot of ways of seeking happiness are warped because the devil kind of disguises things that's a good point um what were the three best decisions you've ever made uh, i think we've already discussed this yeah, one but my career basically i think is a good decision 
I think Mary Mom was still a good decision. I still don't really, I don't regret it because I. Anyone you're gonna marry, you're gonna get, you're gonna get into sickness. That's why it's part of the vow. Yep. Choosing love, every single day. Right, and um, <clears throat> what was the other thing? Oh, decision. Three best decisions. Um, I'd say just remaining Catholic is probably. Yeah. As hard as it can be. I think it's a good decision. Mm-hmm. Raising us Catholic was a good decision. Oh, yeah. I mean, that kind of goes along with it. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be Catholic, you're going to raise your kids Catholic. True. And Mom and I always did things by the book. I, I don't regret, you know, like we guys got you guys baptized as soon as we possibly could. Mm-hmm. And, um, and homeschooling us, was that a... Yeah, good yeah, decision. that was definitely a good decision. We're just about ready to finish Jacinta finally. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think overall that was the best decision. It would have been nice if you guys had had some more peer involvement, but we did the best we could early on. Mm-hmm. And again, mental illness kind of came into the picture, so it was hard to <clears throat> do that in your teenage years. So... What are you most proud of in life? Like, what's your greatest accomplishment? Hmm, good question. <laughs> I would say my family, pretty much, and my faith. Yeah. Good answer. <laughs> I don't know what else to be proud of, really. <laughs> well, what are you I proud mean, of done... yourself, you know? Like, make it about yourself a little bit. Like, what's the greatest thing you've ever done, you know? I don't know. I can't think of anything. Maybe your time hasn't come yet. He's got you got still some time. (laughs) (laughs) Write a best selling novel or something. Not novel book. Self help book. Yeah. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. Um, what were five of the most positive moments of your life? Kind of wrapping up here. Five. (laughs) They're giving they're increasing it. (laughs) Most positive moments. They can be small and insignificant. I'd say all four of your births. Oh, there you go. Cancel out four. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I wasn't there, but you guys being born was certainly one and getting married and uh, graduation twice. Yeah. Three times. Yeah. <laughs> high school, MBA, and college. Yep. Marrying mom. <coughs> yeah. And your guys' graduations. Yeah. You haven't really had a formal one yet. Yeah, that's true. Neither is Joseph. But Joe true. and Claire, I remember Claire Marie's especially. Yeah. Um, what message would you like to share with your family? Hmm. Say I love them and and hope they follow in Jesus' footsteps, so that you get to the real place where you're going to be happy. This is a testing ground. Mm-hmm. Shell. Yes, just a duh. What? Sorry for the interruption there. We just had the policeman, policeman, <laughs> pizza man, <laughs> come and Police, deliver the pizza. pizza <laughs> policeman, I don't know where my brain is today. <laughs> um, yeah, we were talking about what message would you like to share with your family? Um, you were saying. Did I already that? say that, that I love you and that uh, I hope you follow in Jesus' footsteps in the Catholic Church? Because that's the sure way to get to heaven. 
Hope you all get there. I'll be praying for you if I get there first, God willing. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Um, last question. What are you most thankful for? Uh, I'm thankful for life and God's love and and all the love reminders he gives me in terms of nature and the human beings around me that he gave me. <laughs> How's that? That's pretty good. All right, thank you very much, Dad. This has been a very enlightening conversation. Yeah, he's falling asleep, so I'm going to wrap this up. (laughs) Well, thank you. This has been invaluable, and I will save it. Good. Excellent.